Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. CC here! You know what it is? It's a dimly lit room. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody! Midweek, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The U.S. women's soccer team! Our gals are gonna show the world what... What's that? The control room is talking? No, really? Oh, my God. Uh, never mind. No general manager today. U.S. women's soccer hadn't lost in 44 games. 44-game win streak. And they lost to Sweden. I'm not happy about it, although I think some of those ladies are a little happy with themselves. But, uh, you know, whatever. Well, they deserved it for turning their backs on that old veteran the other day, which didn't happen. Well, what's that? The control room is saying that never happened? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. They didn't even, you know... It's the same as our men's basketball. Our our women's soccer dominate and the men's basketball dominate in the Olympics. And they both are like, they can't, it's hard to even get them to leave the hotel to go play these early things. I I think that might be part of the problem. Yeah, although it's on for the women. This was not an exhibition game. This is part of the tournament. And they are, uh, they, they're hurting because they've not only suffered a loss, but the tiebreaker is goals for and against. And they got whooped three zip. Not good. Oof. So yeah, they they could they could end up without a chance to advance, I suppose. Uh yeah, absolutely if, possible. If somebody goes unbeaten, yeah. Oh, there you, there you, there you go. There you go. Stop hating America. This what, is Joe Biden's America. What's that? You didn't hate America? Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Or did they? Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is a Wednesday, July. I'm sorry. Yeah, July the 21st. The year 2021, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. The opening ceremonies end at Mark. Booker turns, shoots, fires. Shot won't go. Tucker the rebound. And that'll do it. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Apparently, there's an NBA team in Milwaukee. That's what I learned from that. There seems to be, yes. Um, so we're going to play, if you haven't heard this yet, we're going to play bottom of this hour of the uh, little dust-up between uh, Fauci and Rand Paul. That's become a thing. Every time they're in the same room, they get into an argument, and this was their most heated one yet. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. I mean, it's 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 Ali Frazier. This is this is one of these matchups that uh, I don't care how many times they fight. I'm watching every time. <laughs> um, this one isn't about where, whether or not you ought to wear masks. It's more about the origin and whether or not we ought to be messing around with these viruses, creating really, really awful ones that can possibly escape. And whether Foucher... And the NIH had funded this very sort of dangerous Frankensteinian work, uh, you know, experimentation. Yeah, and that's its own conversation. We'll probably get into uh, bottom of the hour, and uh, I'm fine with that. But I was just reminded, I read the whole article in the Washington Post yesterday from radio host Hugh Hewitt, who I know a lot of our listeners like. He is a uh, conservative-slash-libertarian thinker, writer, talker, book writer writer. 
Um, uh, and he had a uh, he had a long column yesterday about how we got to quit messing around with this whole COVID people. Let's get vaccinated and get this thing over with. His argument being the current Delta variant, yeah, the vaccines work work against that. But if we have a quarter, 30%, 40%, whatever it is, depending on what state you live in, of people that aren't vaccinated, and this thing's got a chance to bounce around and mutate some more, we could end up with something that attacks young people, like the 1918 Spanish flu did. That's why that one was so deadly and scary. The healthier you were, the more likely you were to die. Imagine that. But this thing could mutate to where it hits young people, it hits healthy people, and and the vaccines don't work on. So while we've got it down and beaten and got a head start on it, let's freaking kill this thing off. Well, we have a learned listener's response to Hugh Hewitt's column, and uh, I think uh, I think Hugh and we overlooked something very important. Okay, what is that? The other ninety-seven percent of the world. Yeah, well, what are we, we going to completely seal our borders and allow no foreigners for the rest of time? No, we did get to that conversation yesterday, as you remember. Um, we're talking about this being like the global warming problem. We can do everything we want, but if India and China don't, right? Yep. What, what good does it do whatsoever? Um, uh, but I don't see any downside to keeping it from bouncing around in the United States. And we might have to seal off our borders and really clamp down. If, if, if a mutation comes out that gets young people and the vaccines don't work on, I'm all for closing down travel again. Well, just know that that will be seen as a responsible and necessary step if there's a Democrat in the White House, and it will be seen as racist and xenophobic if there's a Republican there. I do think it's interesting that you got a right-winger like Hugh Hewitt right in that column, get vaccinated. You got Sean Hannity on his show the other night with a long screed about get vaccinated, people. It's the smart thing to do. Same thing with other shows on Fox. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's going on there. If, if uh, uh, enough people on the right thought, okay, we got too many people that listen to us who aren't getting vaccinated, we should message them. I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. Well, we, yeah, we've I been think saying that's... get vaccinated since the beginning, so we should get some credit for that. Yeah, I think so. I, I also think that, uh, you know, even a Hannity and Ingram, uh, whomever, uh, thinks, you know, I got vaccinated as soon as I could. And while there are, you know, questions and legitimate concerns, I think I probably ought to go ahead and say that since, as you've pointed out, it seems like a lot of my viewers are not getting it done. The New York Times actually had an article about uh, how shocked they were that uh, Fox uh, hosts were, were saying, go get vaccinated. And I want to read some of that to you later on because it, it just shows what how incredibly ideological they are and others uh, are in this conversation. I flipped on CNN for the first time in quite some time uh, to punish myself for my sins. <laughs> and and as usual, they are obsessing over COVID the entire time. It's practically the only thing they've talked about it for long stretches. And uh, I just, I, I'm so tired out, and I get the idea a lot of our listeners are too. The same idiotic arguments, the same you know, oversimplifications, the same uh, tribal chest beating. I just, at this point, I'm like, all right, hey, you, you go, y'all go live your lives. Let's see what happens. I'm anti studying these things anymore. If it includes making them worse to see, to study them, that whole gain of function thing, I'm anti. I'm 100% anti. Until you can prove to me that you can keep these things in the lab, stop doing that. Well, I think they've proved they can't. They're just humankind is not careful enough and or the gear is not good enough or whatever. I don't know. I don't work in a level four lab. Uh, I don't look good in, in hazmat. Uh, but, you know, they've proved that they can't given the current 
technology and, and human frailties. So, no, I, I'm totally with you. No more Frankenstein viruses, Dr. Fauci. And don't you deny you were in on it, because we know you were. You were financing old Peter Daszak with the, the absolute knowledge that he was doing Frankenstein work with the Bat Lady in Wuhan. And I got more on that when we play Rand Paul versus Fauci in about 15 minutes. Uh, uh, speaking of looking good in a hazmat suit, <clears throat> I might look better in a hazmat suit than a bathing suit. Because I think it'd be a little it'd be easier to hide things in a hazmat oh, suit. Oh, please, they're, they're fairly flattering. Uh, yeah. I've, I've reached a point with uh, with my eating. I need I need one of those come to Jesus moments. Usually, a photo does it, an unflattering photo. So I either need mm. somebody to get me in an unflattering pose, which would probably be any pose from any angle in any lighting. Um, <laughs> I need a picture of me from an unflattering angle, or I need somebody to say something unkind. I need something to get my attention. To get me back on the beam, because I've been off the beam now for a while. Everybody, I think everybody does it, the dieting, eating thing. You do great for a while, and every time we're doing all right, we all think, I've mastered it. This is me for the rest of my life. Absolutely. This I'll is, never go back to the old ways. No, this is me for the rest of my life, eating healthy, getting the right exercise, doing the right things. And then you fall off, and you can't imagine how you ever got there in the first place. Right. How, how was I ever even doing that? How was I saying no to the desserts and, and, you know, and, and exercising? How was I even doing that? So you need a 19-year-old cashier to say, you know, you really don't sweat much for a fat guy. I need something like that. Yeah. And particularly as a, uh, you know, uh, soon-to-be single guy, um, I need an attractive woman in my age range to say, why, I'd, I'd be interested in you if you weren't so fat. That's what I need. Oh, boy. Fat! Oh, boy. That's what I need. Or, again, a picture from any angle in any lighting would probably do the trick. Yeah. I just, I've lost it. I've completely lost my mind eating wise how about this one i see you're transitioning and started with the breast implants <laughs> teat <laughs> or she pulls me aside at a clothing store would you, would you like a brassiere <laughs> you need some more support i think <laughs> you know the girls will start to sag if you don't give them support oh geez that ought to do it maybe this conversation will do it <laughs> How's mailbag look? <laughs> oh, it's fine, says the guy in the XL T-shirt. <laughs> Keep him coming, Joe. <laughs> uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Expectancy last year fell a full year and a half. Biggest drop since World War II. A year and a half. Usually the, these things go up and down by weeks or months in extreme cases. Not mm. a year and a half move in life expectancy. But we'll talk yeah. more about that coming up. Yeah. Here's your freedom loving quote of the day. Sent along by Jeremy in beautiful Eagle, Idaho. Shout out, Jeremy. Met Jeremy when I was in Boise and held an impromptu A&G listener meet and greet just because I was there. It was fun. It was great fun. I ought to do that more. Well, you ought to do that. Somebody ought to do that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the freedom-loving quote is from J.R.R. Tolkien, the guy who brought us uh, Lord of the Rings, etc. And, of course, <laughs> as Jeremy writes, uh, author of The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and, of course, Moby Dick. <laughs> Close friend of C.S. Lewis, which is an interesting crowd to hang around together. Ah, yes. Uh, Tolkien was a linguist, correct? 
And he, he wrote all those books merely to uh, practice his, his new languages he was working on, I more or less. I, th- I, th- I, th- yeah. I know he was a linguist. I don't know about the writing the books for that, but yeah. Went to Oxford with a bunch of other smart people. So it would explain why they're littered with, oh, the the caves of Baldrun and the Muldrun yeah. of the Holdrun. And the, I'm, he was just I'm inventing a, words. I'm not a Hobbit fan. I had to read it for college oh. and write a paper on it, and it's not my thing. Have you seen the movies? I've they're seen fantastic. the movies. They're okay. very long. All right, yes. Uh, lots of lots of works. Anyway, he was recounting how he had to order soldiers around during WW1. He said the most improper job of any man is bossing other men. Not one in a million is fit for it, and least of all those who seek the opportunity. Oh, boy, that's a good one right there. That is a good one. How about that, huh? The founding papas agreed. Beware those who seek power. But don't, don't give them as much as you can. Beware. Mailbag. Guys, media on Tuesday breathlessly reported liftoff, stage separation, capsule over the Mendoza line, tossing Twizzlers, landed cowboy hats. My response, who the hell cares? (laughs) Old man Fred. Oh, really interesting information on the rockets and why they only went as high as they did and different sorts of rockets from some of our learned listeners. We have a lot of really smart listeners. I can't wait to hear it. I I knew we'd have listeners that would answer those questions. Oh, yeah, and they did quite brilliantly. GD it, writes Matthias from Wolfsburg in Germany. What the hell is wrong with Jack? As a liberal, I have to live with your Trump-loving near-Nazi propaganda. But what I heard in the podcast the other day has made me so freaking angry. How the hell has Jack never tried ramen noodles? Jack is a <laughs> disgrace to the human race. Ramen noodles deserve more respect. First of all, they literally kept me alive through college. And even today, they're a go-to item every time I lose money in crypto. Thanks, Positive Sean. Hmm. I demand that Jack eat ramen noodles on the air, or else you should be canceled. That's disgruntled Matthias from Wolfsburg. Hmm. Jawohl. Sehr gut. Nazi uh, Germany. No, just regular Germany, Michael. I, I was, As of uh, 1945, regular Germany. When I was broke, uh, I was a uh, five cans of Beanie Weenies for a dollar guy at the Food Plus. It's pretty cheap. It was kind of your Western Kansas ramen noodles, really. I guess. Yeah. yeah. They keep forever. More protein, too. Uh, God knows where that protein was from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a note from Kellen. Oh, a number of people, Jack, commented on what Kellen describes as your avant-garde dog ownership strategy. <laughs> right. Which is essentially, you go to the, 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 the shelter, the kill shelter, where the dogs are going to be put down. You adopt a dog. You live with it for three months, six months, a year. But then when you have to go on a two-week cruise or whatever, uh, you, you give it a nice pet, and uh, you return it to the shelter. and Get a new one when you come back? Yeah, says goodbye. And, and that dog... Uh, having it was was given joy and, and and affection instead of just going down. It's a very dark topic. I'm sorry I brought it up. Listen to the podcast ArmstrongandGetty.com. See if you agree or disagree. Anyway, Kellen writes. Uh, Jack had an interesting proposal that I do suspect is morally conscionable, considering the dogs would be put down anyway. But personally, I don't think I could handle the emotional torment. Putting to death a loved one every year or so would make me never want to go away. Maybe I'm just too sentimental or weak. Well, maybe you are, Kellen, but I'm with you. Same thing here. I get attached. I'm not sure it'd be a good strategy if you have children. Oh, Lord. Uh, Mike in Arkansas says, Jack's absolutely correct. We've essentially done that many times over the years. Really? When we've moved or gone on trips. Wow. Better for everyone. I didn't I can't know believe anybody, how, anybody I can't, actually did that. I can't believe how people freak out about it. Yeah, well, it is interesting. It's an interesting emotional response to that, that, oh, my God, that's cruel. 
It's be- and it's because it's easier to ignore the fact that we put down millions of pets every single year. Yeah, literally, it's somewhere around three million dogs and cats. Um, uh, yeah, I think there's a continuum of people like Mike, and then people who will spend fifty thousand dollars on their cat's, uh, you know, uh, athlete's foot treatment. Uh, I know I'm somewhere in the middle. I get emotionally attached, but I I will not. Uh, you know, twenty thousand dollars worth of chemotherapy is is a non-starter. Do you listen instance. to the Armstrong and Getty show? It's great. They talk about putting down your pets. Oh Lord, moving along. How much time do we have? Probably not enough. Al Anonymous here. Brief story of my wife, a former heroin addict. She grew up in a bad home. One or two crappy boyfriends later, she found herself using hard drugs in high school. Uh, as an adult, rehab failed to work. She abandoned all value in life, ended up uh, with a guy overdosing on her watch right in front of her, mm. took the fall, was put away for what was supposed to be nearly a decade. She was released on good behavior after a few years. After release, she was put on probation, sent to a group home where she found work as a waitress, rode a bicycle to and from work every night and day. Once permitted to live alone, she continued to work hard, later climbing the ladder at a uh, company. She has not res- relapsed. A prison stripped her of what dignity she had and her rights and a luxurious life as a free American. Once she was out, she knew she'd never want to go back, and she knew what her life was, what she made of. Hell was locked from the inside, as C.S. Lewis put it. Uh, without jail, probably wouldn't have happened to uh, cut down the story. But they're living a great life, raising a family, and she's, uh, you know, her best self. I'll tell you, in the recovery committee, uh, community, the recovery community, it's a complete mystery as to why some people go that direction and some people just keep doing their thing. Nobody knows why. Yeah, I just, I can't believe making it as easy and comfortable as possible to make it, to, to live the junkie lifestyle is doing anybody any favors. That's definitely the wrong way to do it. Fauci versus Paul next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, uh, let me set it up with this. Fauci and Rand Paul got into it yesterday in Congress. They've done that a couple of times over masks and vaccines and stuff like that. And uh, in general, cable news loves a fight, so they, uh, they always elevate that to a high level. Well, and I would argue that Rand Paul doesn't like being treated like a child or a dog and being given grossly oversimplified, you know, dumb people propaganda. Well, I would say in some of the dustups they've had in the past, um, uh, I didn't feel like Rand Paul was 100% on solid ground in his attacks. I thought it was a little more nuanced than that. And the mm. reason I bring that up is... Um, when when that when they've gotten into these arguments in the past, MS, MSNBC, CNNs of the world have made this a lead story and talked about look at the stupid Republicans, look at the stupid evil Rand Paul. I did notice because I checked this out on purpose last night that they buried this story uh, a ways into the show on MSNBC last night and then did not comment on the the subject matter of it at all huh. and just talked about masking and stuff in general, which leads me to believe they felt like Rand Paul was on the right side of this one, which I did too. I, I, think, I think Fauci's just absolutely dead in the water on this, which is probably why he reacted so strongly. Um, people often do when they're caught. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, they're supposed to be there to uh, talk about masks and masking and vaccines and that sort of stuff. Uh, they ended up getting into the gain-of-function research that Fauci is in favor of, and it went like this. 
Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its yeah, transmissibility yeah, to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. So, um, obviously, Rand Paul is, uh, uh, or rather, Anthony Fauci is feeling a little uh, uppity there. Well, angry. angry. As, uh, as the Randy man makes clear in the next clip, uh, I would be denying for all I was worth, too, if I had played a role, even a minor one, in unleashing the scourge that is COVID-19. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals, and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. I feel like Dr. Fauci is getting into a, this is what the definition of is, is sort of a lawyerly argument as to how it's not specifically gain of function it doesn't make any difference you're making viruses worse to study them and uh and they got loose yeah we didn't uh, broil it we baked it okay all right you cooked the damn thing but you know hidden in that clip was a major revelation jack y- yes did you catch this transmissibility among mammals yes oh, oh. it's called a a, a washington dc gaffe when they accidentally say the truth a u.s senator Admitted, we have created mammals. transmissibility among mammals, <laughs> and apparently we have been studying the, the, the COVID among these ungodly chimeras, these half man, half beasts. Well, the constitutional questions that, that arise, please the vote. <laughs> right transmissibility among mammals. Yes, Good we heard Lord. you. Mammals. Okay, there's Good a, Lord. there's a little more to the fight between the old men. And let's let's send Dr. Fauci. I have to. Well, now you're getting into something. If the point that you are making is that the the, the grant that was funded as a subaward from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2, that's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. If it did I come can in the lab, but you. all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. You, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the lab, including yourself. I totally this committee resent, will allow the witness to. Respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That is you can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. I, 
Yeah, so I'm not a scientist, but I remember reading the Wall Street Journal uh, piece by the scientists saying that the the molecular makeup of the virus was the sort of thing that man makes, not nature makes. And that's why those scientists believe it was created by man. Yeah, one specific part of the genetic sequence that has to do with transmissibility, and having read the exhaustive and exhausting piece in the Atlantic and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal about all this, the the Wuhan lab lab and the and the bat lady in particular were notorious for leaving things out to cover their tracks, and it took a bunch of intrepid amateur internet sleuths to connect dots. Like she would say, they would talk about this uh, dangerous new uh, you know uh, virus that they're experimenting on. Um, and and it came from such and such, but they wouldn't say when they got it. And so you'd have to go back and, or they wouldn't say where they got it. You'd have to go back and look at other papers to say, okay, that week she was in those caves in South China collecting bat samples. So that virus, which she doesn't make clear, is a bat coronavirus, evidently must be, blah, blah, blah. And you have to connect all sorts of dots because they obfuscated like crazy in communist China. Shocking. So do you think Anthony Fauci is flat out lying or... Or, or can I give him the benefit of the doubt that he's giving too many of his co-workers, if you will, there in China, the benefit of the doubt on this stuff? Yeah, I think it's a combination of lawyerly understanding of of subtleties of terminology, a, a little track covering, a little uh, being... It's it, it, He's really giving people the benefit of the doubt who don't deserve it, as you were asking. I, I wish somebody at that level would raise their hand um, and say, look, uh, this is important research. This is why we do it. We were working on this stuff, and it escaped somehow. I don't have any idea how. I think this research is a good idea going forward. I hope we continue to fund it, but this is what happened. I wish somebody would say that at some level. Right, or say, listen, we're as careful as human technology allows. All of the scientific communities, all the governments approve this stuff, okay? We're as careful as humankind can be. We still have no idea how it got out, but yeah, it looks like it got out. My guess is that a whole bunch of people that feel like they're smarter than the rest of us, because they are, particularly when it comes to science, and you know how that crowd is. Anytime you have a, a, a group of people who believe they're way smarter than everybody else on a certain subject, oh yeah, they they feel like they've got to manipulate everybody else because they're just not smart enough to understand what's going on here. And that happens in all kinds of arenas, business, education, all kinds of different things. Well, um, and it's super common among narcissists and and really the elite that if if they if things go sideways, they are not going to have the dumb dumbs judge them. They they will they understand that okay a mistake was made but this is still important and I'm still smarter than you so they'll find some way to talk their way out of it yeah I think Fauci and his crowd believe look we're the we're the people that can save the world from the next really bad virus people aren't smart enough to understand what we're doing here they're gonna think it's too dangerous they're gonna shut down this very important thing that we're doing so we need to you know really go overboard I think that's what's happening. So, getting back to the manimals, I'm sure there's the half man, half horse. It's a classic. What do you call it? centaurs, right? Uh, the the ape men. I mean, that goes without saying. Of course, you can have ape men. I mean, they're our cousins anyway, more or less. How about the half man, half motorcycles from those insurance commercials? Are That's part different... of the program. Yep. Okay. yep. <laughs> he he escaped apparently. Uh, the iguana dude. I mean, a man, a, a human and reptile hybrid. Now that would be an achievement. I mean, like I say, an ape man's like a two foot putt. You can have like a croco dude, 
Uh, or an ally girl? I knew if guys. You will. I knew guys in college that were practically ape men. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Manimals. I can't believe he let that slip, and the world just let it go. Transmissibility among manimals. Yes, oh, Lord. Yes, that's he's, in the congressional record. He's <laughs> he's got the access to the secret documents, and he slipped. Right in an open session. Transmissibility among manimals. They have them in underground pens under the Capitol. Oh, it's it's a known. I, I read it on the internet. <laughs> underground pens yeah. under the Capitol. Absolutely. Artificial lighting. So we had a whole bunch of questions about the space launch yesterday with uh, Bezos, the world's richest man, launching into near space. Why didn't they go all the way into space? A bunch of other questions. Right, exactly. And the answers are actually quite interesting. Okay, so we got, luckily we've got smart listeners that can fill us in on that. Also, life expectancy dropped by a fair amount. It's interesting. What crowd has the longest life expectancy was surprising to me. Anyway, a bunch of uh, good stories on the way. And our text line is always 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Command engine start. Two, one. I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there, and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Uh, it's very appreciated. I thought that was yeah. odd. That he, yeah, uh, don't mention it. No, literally, don't mention it. <laughs> I thought it was an odd thing to mention. Thanks to all the Amazon customers. That, what? <laughs> Thanks to all those small businesses we crushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeff Bezos who went into space yesterday, or kind of went into space. I don't know why he didn't, you know... Uh, buy the business select ticket and go all the way into space finish the job well we had a number of folks respond to that very question uh my goodness what a knowledgeable group of folks you are um this is from don uh he asked why richard branson jeff bezos flew suborbital flights instead of going into orbit the answer lies in the power complexity and cost associated with building and flying a suborbital rocket compared to a rocket capable of achieving orbit i think we all guessed that but the particulars are really interesting Both Branson and Bezos had a simple goal, get far enough above the surface of the Earth to just reach space, about 50 or 60 miles up. That is the uh, so-called Kármán line. Uh, To accomplish that goal, they needed a rocket that can accelerate to Mach 3, about 2,200 miles per hour, before the engines shut off. The spacecraft then coasts the rest of the way to the edge of space. At that point, the pull of Earth's gravity has stopped the spacecraft's rise, and it falls back to Earth and eventually lands. To achieve orbit, by comparison, you need a rocket that can fly fast enough vertically to reach an altitude of about 200 miles, Mm. three to four times higher. For that, you need a rocket that's about three to four times more powerful. But that's not enough. To get into orbit, you also need to get the rocket to a horizontal speed of about 17,800 miles per hour, fast enough for the spacecraft to circle the Earth at that 200-mile altitude. So the rocket needs to be three to four times more powerful to get up to altitude and nine times more powerful to be going fast enough horizontally to get into orbit. Give or take, that's at least 12 to 13 times more powerful rocket. And then uh, we had uh, Kevin add on to Don's commentary. I absolutely love this phrase. Um, and he, he, he echoes some of what Don said, then said, 
uh, is a rocket essentially is constantly falling over the horizon. That's what an orbit is. Hmm. I thought that was an interesting phrase. Uh, then uh, back to Don's note, as it happens, Elon Musk's two-stage Falcon 9, which can get a crew of four into orbit at the International Space Station, is, is about 15 times bigger than the new Shepard rocket that Bezos rode into space on Tuesday. The math checks. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the vomit and tears. Don in Pleasanton, California. So Elon Musk could have uh, tweeted out some snarky comments about nice rockets you got that get you kind of high. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, he certainly could have. Mm-hmm. But held back. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I I was reminded that, uh, I can't remember, it might have been on Brett Baer's show, special report, but somebody said it, it really heralded the, uh, the new era of space tourism. And I was reminded, oh, that's right. That's kind of what that was about. They're not pushing the bounds of anything. They're just showing that for a reasonable from the perspective of a multimillionaire for a reasonable amount of money we can take you into space make you weightless you can see the 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 curvature of the earth then we'll bring you back down you'll land in the desert and put on a cowboy hat i was talking about how i need to come to jesus moment about uh my eating and my exercise i've just gone off a cliff after being really really dedicated for like a full year I've just gone off a cliff, and I either need people to say, I need somebody to say something to me about it that hurts my feelings, or yes. I need a picture, an unflattering picture. Got to be cruel to be kind. Of course, ah! of course, if you ask people to say unkind, people say unkind <laughs> things on the text line anyway. But if you ask for it, you're going to get plenty. <laughs> yeah, go on Twitter and ask people to be unkind. Yeah, I'll put up a picture of myself and have at it. Uh, Jack, you fat sloth, go work out and stop eating donuts, one texter said. Also this one, I work in the same town you live in, saw you at Baskin-Robbins again. This is your come to Jesus moment. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> saw you at Baskin-Robbins again. That's too I I've been there a number of times in the last couple of months with my kids, but of course I get ice cream while I'm there. And speaking of space, uh, coming up this weekend, we've got a full buck moon. Yes. So there you go. The full buck moon. Whatever the heck that is. Jack trying to sell us his phony moons again. Come on. Yeah. So uh, I'm increasingly convinced that the stupid Chinese bat fever is going to be around for a very long time. Uh, one of our learned listeners commented that um, that it's the, just the illusion of control that makes us think we can really vanquish it, um, especially with it kicking around the rest of the world. But he, he made an interesting point. Um uh, among the kids, it's going to become a, like a lot of chi- a lot of uh, diseases. You get it as a kid; it doesn't do you any particular harm, and you get immunity to it, like innumerable other viruses and 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 such. China is opposing the WHO call for a second investigation, as we I think predicted last week. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, they're saying now we're done with the investigations. You've investigated enough. Now that the WHO has decided to, uh, I don't know. I don't know how the Biden administration strong armed, but, but but somehow they got to them. And I don't know how they did it, but somehow they got that Tedros guy in charge of it to uh, to, to to turn his uh, turn his head around and uh, start being on our side on this a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. I, I think any uh, levers that you can imagine being pulled probably were pulled. Funding, you know, will turn you in for your crimes. We know where you're. We we've looked into your uh, savings account, your checking account. We know who's giving you money. And uh, the old Doctor Tedros had a change of heart, especially because his Chinese overlords probably said, "Go ahead, 
We've destroyed all the evidence. We, anybody who was going to talk is dead. Those who might talk are in a gulag. The Washington Post, the New York Times, and all the alphabet networks uh, gave us cover as long as we needed. So, yeah, go ahead. Do whatever you want, Tedros. And uh, breaking news, Rand Paul is going to request a criminal referral from the Department of Justice into Dr. Anthony Fauci for lying to Congress. Wow. Is that a stunt or is that for real? Doubling down. Yeah. Uh, COVID-wise, the Olympics are coming up. Uh, one Olympic official said yesterday it's not impossible that they uh, cancel the Olympics. Because they've got so much COVID, there are many, many people from all different countries, including a whole bunch of the Japanese there that are trying to run the dang thing that have COVID right now. We uh, just announced one of our volleyball players, men's beach volleyball players, that we do pretty good in that sport, is uh, got the COVID and will be out for the games. We are currently expected to win the most medals, which would be the seventh straight Olympiad in which we did win the most medals. Yes. Um, we put the most money and effort into it, for one thing. And and we're just a, a, a wealthy country that our young people can dedicate themselves to sport if they need to. They're not fighting off the rebels, for instance. China, our... China's a wealthy country, and they got a lot more people. I'm surprised that, because back in the day, the Soviet Union would often win the most medals. It'd be between mm-hmm. us and the Soviet Union, and they often would win the most medals because they, they put a lot of money into it because they thought it um you know helped boost the whole our system is better than your system thing. China must not think that. Uh, not not in the same way, apparently. Uh, Russia put a lot of money and a lot of steroids into it, quite famously. If you've got a billion point four pe- 1.4 billion people, a billion people more than the United States, i got to believe, and if you funneled a bunch of money into it, i got to believe you could beat, it, beat us at most anything. Mm. Well, spoiler alert, our uh, women's soccer players got their toned and muscular butts kicked. And speaking of toned and muscular butts, scandal in the world of women's beach volleyball. Okay. The bikini sport. And life expectancy dropping that in hour two. Armstrong and Getty.